welcome to Bloody Mary. I'm your host, Chicago comic Kristen Ryan, and today we have with us Rebecca Fast. She's a Chicago comic and host and producer of Tuxedo Cat Comedy, which is the second and last Sunday of every month at Innertown Pub. Hello, Rebecca. Hello. Hey, thank you for joining us today. I'm Rebecca. I'm also a Chicago comic. Really excited to talk about this. It reminds me of like a paper that would have been in like a women's studies cross-listed with film class, like Ooh, in college, yeah. and I miss those. Oh, you know, I miss that too. Like I work at the University of uh, Illinois Chicago, and I see so many of the topics, like the graduate employees I represent are studying, and I'm kind of like, oh, my heart aches yeah. to be in that setting. I want to write that paper. <laughs> yes. Like, so I'm curious, but how do you? What was the first horror movie you remember seeing? Um, I think that it was probably one of the Friday the 13th movies that, like, a babysitter was watching, and I, like, you know, watched through the door when I was supposed to be asleep. Yeah, that's what I, a lot of guests have mentioned, that, you know, it was always, uh, horror movies were always something you weren't supposed to see, Mm -hmm. and so that almost kind of makes it feel more special. That's why I'm drawn to them so much. Uh, How do you feel about horror as a genre? I'm actually not a horror fan as mm. as far as like my personal choices of what I'm going to go seek out. So it was interesting to be asked me like on this panel or I don't know to talk about this um, mm-hmm. because the horror movies that I do like um, I like despite some of like the tropes that I feel like bother me when I watch like some of the candy mid 80s ones were like and what you wanted to discuss about them is like what I find interesting about them like particularly women's sexuality and the way that that like is punished Mm -hmm. in in horror movies that like you know you watch them as a kid and you're like oh my god someone's naked and then like they're dead Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and you sort of know that the minute like oh she showed her boobs she's dead yeah You you know it's coming yeah and is that like a moralistic thing that like you know, young girls are supposed to learn in high school, you know, like, don't go in the woods and show this guy your boobs because some, like, serial killer is waiting in the shadows to, like, punish you Mm -hmm. for your teen sexuality. Yeah, I'm also not, like, a gore fan, but I really like thrillers and suspense Mm -hmm. kind of movies. Like, I think if a horror movie is done well, it's an amazing movie. You know? Yeah, and frequently I'm more drawn to like the psychological thriller. Yeah. Especially if you don't know if there's actually like a creature or a being after them or if they're like right. maybe losing their mental facilities in some way. And, like it's it's either them against this beast or them against themselves. themselves yeah. You don't know. Awesome. I have been having a little bit of a cold lately, so I've got a lot of sniffles. <laughs> Hopefully that I talk like out. a you know 50-year-old lounge singer. So, <laughs> I love your voice. voice we'll voice. have like a similar level. Yeah. You sound like two old broads. Yep. Um, <laughs> you know, I was excited to have you on the podcast too because I know like in passing we've talked a lot about Riot Girl and zines mm-hmm. and like have a shared history in that sense. So Definitely. It's pumped to have you I think you we on. have like the most shared history of mm-hmm. the people that we know. Yeah. Agreed. Like, same time, same place. We like, we know some of the same like, people from the scene that we sought out. Yeah. It is a small world. Cool. Uh, well, Rebecca chose for us to watch Carrie, 
which is the 1976 adaptation of Stephen King's book. And uh, for those of you who don't know, I don't know anyone that hasn't heard of Carrie, mm-hmm. but it's the story of a, uh, a like socially awkward teenage girl trying to get through high school, and her mom is a religious nut, and then she finds out she has telekinetic powers and takes out her whole school. Yeah. <laughs> so there's Carrie in a nutshell. So aside from this, you know, the telekinetic powers, I feel like this is a girl that we all knew. Mm-hmm. You know, like the religious mom and the sort of dressing oddly because it's the clothes your mom made to keep you modest and oh, yeah. like, you know, bullied, but sort of like you want to be on her side, but also you want to like shake her a little bit and be like, you need to figure this out, you know, because mm-hmm. like these people will keep hurting you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, I think we all knew that girl in high school and, like, watched her get bullied and, like, maybe stood up for her, but, like, it's not going to help, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what happens to her after that point. Yeah. And I guess this was, Stephen King wrote it based off of two girls that he knew, one while he was in high school and one while he was a teacher. And uh, I guess they both died in their 20s as well. So it doesn't is, end well. I mean, I, I definitely... I was thinking about um, the character of Billy, mm-hmm. which is like um, one of the one of the mean girls mm-hmm. that like bullies Carrie the most. Um, has her boyfriend like Billy, and you know the the popular girls like they really focus on two of them, and one is like the nice popular girl who's popular because she's nice, and the yeah. other one is like the evil mean girl, and she has her like, you know troublemaker kind of extreme boyfriend where like you knew that guy mm-hmm. you saw him like drag race or like chicken fight or whatever like and you just kind of knew like that guy's gonna die right after high school mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know car accident like drinking and driving some stupid like stunt where you're just like that guy's trouble oh, right yeah. and you know his girlfriend and like why she liked him is, like, for the trouble, or, like, because it's bad, or he's, like, you know, the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, like, between that relationship between Billy and Chris, you also saw Billy um, kind of, like, sexually propositioning him to get him... Oh, wait, Chris is the girl, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so Chris was sexually propositioning Billy... In that scene where she, you know, she can't go to prom because Carrie got her in trouble in the infamous mm-hmm. period locker room scene. Yeah. Uh, but she's, like, going down on him and saying, like, I just, I hate Carrie White. And she's, like, mm-hmm. going down on him. It's, like, so uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> yeah, that she's, like, teasing him. I mean, yeah. and there's, like, violence in that scene where, yes. like, he's being abusive. Like, he keeps slapping her for, oh, like, yeah. calling him a dumb shit or whatever. But, like... Um, she's, she's just as bad to him, even if it's not, like, physically, Mm -hmm. you know, like, she's manipulating him, um, you said earlier, like, sex as currency, Oh and it definitely is in that, where she's like, we're gonna make this trade, like, you can't resist it, because you're a 17-year-old boy, you know? For sure. Um, so, if you do this thing for me, like, I'm gonna do this thing for you. Yeah, and it kind of fits in with, like, he doesn't give a shit about any of yeah. the female characters, so why not, you know, hurt one to have sex with the other one? Yeah. Oh, John Travolta. 
What were you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it did, like, that beginning scene where they're all in the gym locker room. We definitely room. should talk about that, yeah. Ugh, that, like, totally took me back to high school in that way of, like, everyone is hypervigilant, everyone is watching you, don't do anything weird, or they're all going to, like... That'll be your name forever, you know, like yeah. some weird thing. The plug it up, girl. Yeah, I guess. Oh. Yeah. It yeah, was... so in the early scene when they're, like, in the locker room, and, of course, like, everyone is naked because it's, like, an 80s movie where, like, they seem to be, I don't know if it's more comfortable with that or that's, like, something that was easier to get away with then. Like, I think for some of the, like, body parts they're showing, that might get, like, a different rating. These days, they have to, like, cut that out more because, like, you are in that scene, like, sexualizing underage women. Yeah, I never thought of it like that. Um, and so what I noticed right away, like, watching this, having seen it before, like, at a younger age, um, was that, and, like, not to spoil this movie for everyone, but we already know, like, they oh, all yeah. die, right? We talk about uh, everything on this. The Instagram. one girl who survives Carrie's, like, prom massacre Mm -hmm. is the one who was not naked in the shower scene. She had her bra and panties on, but, like, Chris the mean girl is, like, boobs and muff or whatever. Uh Same thing with her, like, sidekick, um, Norma Norma. with the hat. (laughs) Fucking hat. I hate that hat. (laughs) Um, I actually thought further about the hat because you you brought that up, but... Uh um, yeah, that in the in the initial shower scene and um and some of that also goes along with like the horror movies like punishing young women for sexuality is like don't show your boobs or you're gonna die. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and I don't know if they had to make like the the nice one of the popular girls seem more like modest or pious or you know, mm-hmm. like because when she's trying to get her, like, she, uh, Chris and Sue are both, like, reacting to getting punished for the shower scene differently. Like, Sue is trying to get her boyfriend to take Carrie to prom, and she's sort of doing that through, like, the silent treatment, you know, mm-hmm. as they're doing their homework together later mm-hmm. that night. Whereas, like, Sue is, like, you know, slipping in this, like, I want to humiliate this girl, like, as she's giving a blowjob, you know? Yeah. Um... So they're definitely, like, setting up Sue without sexuality. Yeah, definitely. You know, I didn't think about it, but it totally falls into that trope, like, perfectly. And it's interesting, too, that they laid out the two roles so clearly of, like, the the alpha high school girls. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the good girl and then the slutty yeah. bad girl. Yeah, <laughs> where it's like, you know... Everyone, like, knows the girl who was, like, the super popular girl mm-hmm. who was pretty and was probably prom queen or whatever, but, like, you really liked her and got that, like, she was the popular girl because she was really nice, mm-hmm. you know? And then there was the other one who was just, like, a horrible person manipulating her friends and her, like, stupid boyfriend who mm-hmm. was hot, <laughs> you know, and just, like, getting off on torturing other girls with, like... I don't know, less money or, like, not as pretty or just someone that who was, you know, who was, like, weaker. Mm-hmm. Just anything to assert dominance. Yeah. 
Yeah, so many girls like that I went to high school with. Uh, so the, the shower scene um, Ooh, at yeah. the beginning. So Carrie is alone in the shower at this point. Like everyone else has, has finished showering. Um, and she's sort of masturbating in the shower in the gym locker room. Like, mm-hmm. which is interesting, I think, for her character. Like, I don't know if she would have sort of done that, but I don't know if she, like, knows that it's masturbating. You know, and there was a few moments where, like, things shone through, through to me in Carrie's character. Like, when she went to the prom, and she was kind of asking uh, over and over her date, like, why did you take me? Mm-hmm. And just kind of, like, delving deeper into that. And, like, some of the things she said to responses to her mother, too, is like, oh, she does have, like, a subtle grasp on reality. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't think she was, like, aware of, like, yeah, I'm going to go in the shower and get off. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so while she's showering, she gets her period and then um, doesn't know what it is and, like, just knows that she's bleeding. Yeah. Um, so she runs out and, like, you know, grabs the other girls and gets, like, blood on their clothes and, mm-hmm. you know, everyone starts, like, throwing tampons at her, yelling, plug it up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, I don't know, that's, of the two scenes people remember most, like, that's the first one or whatever. And then, oh, yeah. like, you know, the prom. Seeing that shower scene before, like, I saw it very young, and it, frankly, it, like, made me afraid to ask questions, mm-hmm. because then it's like, oh, then they'll, they'll think I'm stupid. You know, and luckily my mom was a nurse, so that didn't last for very long. Yeah. But there was that fear of like, oh, if I don't know as much as everyone else, I'm going to get treated like an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're going to get into like personal stuff through this. Oh, yes, okay, for so sure. I um, got my period when I was 10. So I was like the first to develop and wore a swimming suit under my clothes, like for most of uh, grade school. So that no one could see that I had boobs, and like they didn't, you oh, know. Oh God! Yeah. Um, so I mean, I didn't tell anyone that I had already gotten my period. I got it at summer camp, and oh. I guess like my parents knew that I was at the stage of puberty where like that could happen. Like we should mm-hmm. send her with some pads in case she gets her period at summer camp, you know. Mm-hmm. And I did, and um, and I had cramps, and I was crying, and I was just like, oh, my God. You know, that I knew what it was because my mom had, like, prepped me for, like, this is going to happen to you very soon. Um, but my counselor said, like, welcome to womanhood. Like, you're a woman now or something like that. Um, which actually, like, Carrie's mother also does say um, that she's gotten the curse of the blood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the curse. Yeah. But I guess at that point, like, in her mom's view, has taken on, like, women's sin. Mm-hmm. Um, and recite, is, like, reciting stuff from the Bible about, like, you know, Eve and Adam and the woman bringing sin into the world and, like, the blood curse. And, um, yeah. And that is her introduction to being a woman. Mm, and I don't know if plug it up is supposed to be, like, symbolic, kind of, or... Whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean that it's, like, a very traumatic... It's a very traumatic experience for every woman. Mm-hmm. Like, the first time you realize that, like, you're bleeding from a part that you're not even really that familiar with. Mm-hmm. You know? 
Yeah, in my notes I have sixth grade trip to the zoo. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) Worst day ever. (laughs) But, you know, it hurts so bad. Like, I've never had anything that painful in my Mm -hmm. life. And it was traumatic enough, and I was surrounded by people who were nice. You know, I couldn't imagine having, you know, you know, not knowing what it was, being yeah. in pain, and then having a bunch of girls scream at you. And throw tampons, like, while yeah. you're, like, naked crying. Oh, God, yes. Oh, awful. So, yeah, also, the other um, similarity I felt with your story is that I never remember a time in my life that I didn't have boobs. Like, I think I got yeah. a bra in, like, second grade. Ugh. Just annoying. It's always very envious of those women who sometimes, you know, just don't wear a bra. Yeah, I I feel like, I don't know, clothes are made for women without breasts. Yeah. And I knew that in, like, fourth grade when I wanted to look like, you know, um, who's it? Jamie on Charles in Charge. Oh, yeah. Who was, like, super cute and totally flat-chested mm-hmm. and, like, didn't have hips. And she would wear, like, guest jeans that had, like, the sort of puff for where you're, like... Uh-huh. hips were but she didn't have them and I like wanted my clothes to fit like hers and of course like assumed it was because I was fat you know uh-huh. oh for sure yeah and, like when all I the cute little half was like a, yeah now crop tops are coming back oh fuck yeah you. fuck you all mm-hmm. <laughs> my mom is a very petite woman and she would share clothes with me when I was like in fifth grade mm-hmm. and that to me is just like so horrifying yeah <laughs> so should we talk about Carrie's mother Oh, yeah. Fun fact about Carrie's mom that I read up on. Uh, none of her Bible quotes and the titles that she quoted them for matched up at all. <laughs> They're all just, like, gibberish. Oh, like when she said John, blah, blah, blah. Oh, no. yeah. Okay, yeah. that's interesting. Didn't match up at all. They frequently had to stop filming because she would be laughing too hard doing the role. She yeah. originally thought it was, like, a dark comedy when they brought her on. And they're like, no, it's a horror movie. She's yeah. like, oh, what? <laughs> So at least it's nice to know she had a sense of humor about it. Yeah. Oh, and she plays that that role very well. Yeah, um, she was good. Like, it's a terrifying character. And you're uncomfortable for every second that she's on screen. And, like, you get what it must be like to live in her home. You know, that, like, you just want to hide in the closet, whether or not she's, like, locking you in there. Like, uh, yeah. you need, like, your own space because she seems to take up, like, all of the space. Yeah. It feels like... She obviously went through some trauma with Carrie's dad, Mm -hmm. but, like, never has space for Carrie to talk about Carrie's problems in any way, like, always brings it back to herself. And in a way, a lot of times it feels like Carrie is the mother. Yeah, definitely. Like, trying to talk her down and care for her. Mm -hmm. I have in my notes, as if it doesn't suck enough to get your period, your mom's going to beat the shit out of you and scream about the Bible. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So when she... When she says that she's been asked for asked to the prom, um, that's when my favorite line in the movie mm-hmm. uh, is said that the mom, you know, and the mom just like is so creepy with the way that she like talks to her and gets in her face and says, "After the blood come the boys, like sniffing dogs." Uh, what is it? I don't know, smiling and slobbering, trying to figure out where that smell comes from, oh, which is so filthy. Um, but then also. Um, in terms of her trauma, uh, like, I don't know if she finds religion because her husband has left or Mm -hmm. if she was always like that and maybe that's why he left her for another woman. Um, 
or the devil, as she puts it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, as far as, like, how the mom feels about Carrie, um, she says, I should have killed myself after the first time he put it in me uh, before we were married, but sin never dies. And then she says, he took me with the stink of Rye House whiskey on his breath, and I liked it. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Right? And even when she's um, when she's dying, like when she tried to stab Carrie, and uh, I don't think Carrie wants to kill her, but her brain just sort of, I mean, she's in danger, and her brain, like, sends daggers mm-hmm. at her mom, and her mom ends up, like, crucified yeah. or whatever. But as she's dying, she's like, making orgasm sounds, like, uncomfortably, like, it seems like the mother is having an orgasm, and then suddenly she, like, settles into this very, like, you know, serene, like, washed of sin, or, like, that the orgasm is, like, getting her sin out, you know? Yeah, and the fact that, like, when she dies, she is in such a Jesus Christ pose. Yeah. Like maybe her martyrdom is like so satisfying. For yeah, her. she's so happy to like yeah. go out like that. Yeah, so the mom making her feel bad about like yeah the breast that we all like didn't really want that much <laughs> yeah. at that age, you know, or maybe like did want because some other girl had them. Like not in our experience, like personally, because mm-hmm. um, I know there were girls that were like when am I going to get my period? I look like a little girl and so-and-so, you know, whereas we were like wishing that we were still flat-chested and skinny or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, when Carrie makes her own dress uh, for the prom and she goes braless, right? Like there's some very like obvious Mm -hmm. nipples coming out says, and the mom says, I can see your dirty pillows. Everyone will. (laughs) Yeah. And then Carrie says, they're called breast mama, and every woman has them. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of those moments where it's like, yeah, Carrie, you can mm-hmm. be okay. But then not okay is, <laughs> yeah. you know, where she's like, oh, and the mom says, oh, you know, they're all going to laugh at you at the prom. And, like, when you watch the prom scene, you think it's going so well. Like, it's mm-hmm. like everything is working for her. And even when she's, like, insecure, dancing with her date, um, and asking, like, why am I here? Mm-hmm. You know, why did you ask me? Um, you know, and he's being, like, very sweet to her. Um, I thought it was interesting that he admits that he, like, didn't write the poem that she was sort of in love with him overwriting. Yeah. Like, in one way, you're like, oh, then he's not as much, like, that amazing hot guy in your English class who, like, even though he's one of the popular kids, is like, he's a really good writer or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, he's not. Like, he's admitting that he's, like, not someone that she should have on a pedestal. Yeah. Um, so it's humanizing and, like, in a weird, you know, where in a weird way, like, it, it takes him down a notch, but it also makes him more accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, we're like, yeah, he's not perfect. Because it really is, like, the perfect guy is taking her to, to prom. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. you don't want him to be perfect either because you mm-hmm. know it's set up. Yeah. And so if he really was that great, it'd be even sadder. Yeah. So that I thought that was like really sad. Um, that, uh, you know, like they kiss and she feels beautiful and mm-hmm. they're dancing and they're doing all these things that she never thought that like she would be able to do. Like that she wasn't the kind of person that this 
sort of thing would like happen for. Um, yeah, so he kisses her and tells her that she's beautiful and like he's so happy to be there with her. Um, but I was thinking like, because we know how the movie ends, but if it, if it didn't end where it did or like how it did, what would the next day have been like for her? Mm-hmm. You know, that this guy has like, you know, romanced her and made her feel a certain way. And then like the next day he still has a serious girlfriend, mm-hmm. you know? So there's still like going to be hurt or disappointment or like feeling, you know, like the next day isn't going to be nice. Yeah, you'd feel let down. Like yeah. it was all just a fake thing because you felt bad about an incident mm-hmm. in the locker room. Yeah, and like does getting to go to prom with this guy going to make things great with her when like the next day she, you know. Yeah. Does that make up for being treated like shit the yeah. last 16 years? And then, like, how great is it to be in love with a guy with a girlfriend? Mm-hmm. That's, like, the gift they're giving her. Oh, it's like, you can go to prom with a guy with a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's interesting, too, because Carrie seemed... She's your main character. You want to get behind her. And, like, I had a joke about this when I first started doing comedy, but it was, like... When you see Carrie, like, unleash her wrath, um, maybe I shouldn't admit this, but it's kind of like, fuck yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You had this moment of, like, uh, just this, like, teen angst in my heart, like, cheering for her. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I was thinking about that. um, What I wrote down today was, like, um, that, I don't know, just who you, you identify with at, like, different ages of watching this movie that like when I discovered it in high school or middle school or whenever I, you know, like I was, I was on Carrie's side, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I hate those people. Yeah. Like I, or everyone dreamt of like the prom where, you know, cause it, I think there was some like urban legend that everyone was told like in middle school about like, you know, the girl who was like hurt and killed everyone at her prom not necessarily referring to like Carrie but just like and there was some weird story that I remember being told about like mm-hmm. the way that like this kid killed everyone like because you had written down like school mm-hmm. school shootings or whatever mm-hmm. like before that was a thing that we all had to think about mm-hmm. um but yeah that when I watched it when I was younger it was like very obvious um that I identified with Carrie but then watching it now I thought am I supposed to identify with Carrie mm-hmm. you know like I mean she's not a perfect hero or whatever no like um like are you supposed to identify with Sue like Sue is really like is Sue the main character then like um it ends with Sue Sue is the only one who survives it seems like the story is sort of being told like by Sue in that way. Yeah, that is true. The perspective changes at the Sue end. Sue is the one who's, like, set up the whole plot, mm-hmm. you know? But, I mean, are you supposed to look at it like... Like, you remember that girl, too, like, you know, who's just well-meaning and, like, trying to do something nice for this girl, um, where, I don't know, that if you watch it as, like, settled in life or whatever... Like, you get Sue mm-hmm. more than 
like the anger of Carrie. Yeah. You know, where you're like, oh, yeah, this is Sue just trying to help out that girl that we all remember. Yeah, I think that's a really good perspective. And I also felt that way about the gym teacher. Yeah. Uh, you know, because she was just trying so hard to, like, get Carrie to be liked and fit in and be part of the structure, the, the, the social structure of the school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I would totally be that person now as an adult. Like, yeah. <laughs> just trying so hard. Um, but also, like, not knowing how to deal with your frustration with the teen girls. Yeah. Like, there's quite a few scenes where the gym teacher, like, slapped kids and mm-hmm. just trying to get them to, like, be nice humans to yeah. each other. I mean, even, you know, where she's even like, some of you are just going to be monsters your whole life. Yeah. So <laughs> since I have this hour to punish you, yeah, like, get ready to do, you know, 100 push-ups or, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that you get her perspective, like, not just as, like, like the teacher character. Like, she's a person... She's an adult who, like, has a sides. Like, when she's talking to the principal mm-hmm. about Carrie, that she's not just this, like, nice teacher kind of feeling, you know, where she's like, yeah, I'm I'm frustrated. I don't know what to do with this girl. Like, on one hand, these girls were, like, horrible. But on the other hand, I also wanted to be, like, it's just your period. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But so teacher tries to help out, says... You can trust me, and then first to die. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, yeah, so then on to um, what happens at prom. Oh, also for, like, the sexuality thing. Um, and other times when women are having, like, weird orgasms, mm. dealing with violence. Um, when, in the scene when Billy is killing the pig to collect the pig's blood, mm-hmm. Chris is yelling, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> Which I just like was like, yeah, that's that's a weird that's another like Chris like sexuality and violence kind yeah, of Yeah, that's a really good catch. Honestly, like I didn't I didn't notice that, but now that you pointed out, that is huge. Uh Chris and Billy have a really bad relationship model. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they do, they do like I think they see sexuality and violence as two two very similar things. Yeah, they're both like turned on by yeah. By each other's cruelty. Yeah, because I remember, like, watching that scene and no one was like, oh, we're going to murder an animal and harvest its blood? Mm-hmm. What the fuck, you guys? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> can't we just, like, buy red paint? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I also, like, knew those guys in high school, though, like, kind of. You know, where um, originally Billy isn't going to do it. He brings in his, like kind of even creepier friends, you know, <laughs> when I took like anatomy and physiology, like in high school, my, my teacher paired me with these like two kind of like metalhead guys who mm-hmm. were like truancy cases, you know, and were definitely not going to pass junior year. Um, so he paired me with them and like on the one day that they were there, I had them, like, break the pig's sternum because I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Like, when you had to dissect a pig. Oh, yeah. You know, like, they were they were down for that, you know? So I feel <laughs> like that's, time to shine. that's who Billy, <laughs> totally. Um, and again, also, they're probably dead um, <laughs> by now, you know? 
but that's who, who Billy brings in, but then, like, ends up doing it because even the friends that he thinks, like, are creepy enough to go kill a pig, like, won't do it. So he's just like, all right, here, piggy, piggy. Because mm-hmm. in his mind, too, it's probably like, I'll be rewarded with sex. Exactly. So, yeah, at prom, uh, everything's great, and she's voted prom queen because Chris's friends, like, rigged the, mm-hmm. the ballots, and she's on stage, and everything's, like, perfect, and the lights are shining, and everything's sparkly, and, like, you know, mm-hmm. like, the nice music is playing. Like, it's the same music that they play at the beginning when she's masturbating in the shower. <laughs> but, um, it's just a masturbate-in-the-shower kind of moment. Yeah, <laughs> it really, it really is, you know? Um... But yeah, so she's having this, like, great moment where everything that she wants that realistically, like, isn't possible for her, like, is happening. Um, because these two other girls have set it up in in weird ways. Like, you know, that Sue gets her boyfriend to take Carrie to prom, and Chris gets her boyfriend to kill a pig so she can dump blood on Carrie's head when she's voted prom queen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so then... Carrie gets blood dumped all over her. Um, from the dress that she's wearing, like, she really looks, like, naked from the top up. Like, that mm-hmm. she's covered in blood. Like, you don't really see her clothes. Like, she's just sort of painted red. So then you just have, like, the woman covered with blood with, like, really bright blue eyes. Um, yeah, I remember that box, uh, the VHS box of the movie with it's the cover of her looking mm-hmm. like that that scared the shit out of me when yeah. I was little like I didn't know what it was but it was like really terrifying mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so then she starts killing everyone like you know the teacher who had tried to help her out who says like you can trust me you know that like mm-hmm. oh this prom is gonna be you know like you think it's a setup but trust me you'll have a great time so mm-hmm. kills the teacher then she kills the principal, who keeps calling her Cassie. Ah, yeah. Um, like, electrocutes him, and she's sending, like, the hose around to, like, hose down all of the students, and she shuts the doors, and then everyone gets, like, electrocuted because she has the hose going, and they're, like, holding the microphone, so then there's the electrical fire, and then, like, everything goes up in flames, and everyone dies. Mm-hmm. Except for Chris and... Uh, Chris and Billy, who weren't allowed at prom. Mm-hmm. Um, so then when Carrie's, like, walking home, Chris and Billy, like, or Chris tries to hit her with the car, which um, she, like, with her, you know, with her brain sends, like, toppling over, and it's, like, horrible car accident where the car ends up blowing up. So, like, they're still dead. Mm-hmm. Um, Sue's not dead. Mm-hmm. Like, Sue observes it, but she can't do anything about it. Um, How did Sue get outside? So, Sue came in, like, she snuck in right when Carrie was being crowned. Mm-hmm. And she saw that Chris and Billy were, like, about to pull the, the lever with the blood. Yeah. But the gym teacher sees her running oh, towards the stage. That's right. And she thinks that, like... She's going to ruin it for Carrie, like, mm-hmm. getting voted prom queen with Sue's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, so the teacher grabs Sue and, like, throws her out the back door. 
Yeah, and that's another moment where you pointed out how the orientation of the film switches because you see it from Sue's perspective. Mm -hmm. You see the rope, and then you see Chris and Billy under the stage fidgeting with it. And uh, that is a really brilliant point about how maybe this is more about Sue's perspective. That ending scene gets me every fucking time. With the mom? <laughs> with the, yep, Sue's in bed, and she's having the dream. Oh, yeah. And oh, like, I know. I still yeah, jumped. Like, I knew what was going to happen. Because, mm -hmm. um, yeah, Sue, Sue's in bed. She's depressed or traumatized or whatever. Like, her boyfriend's dead. <laughs> All her friends are dead. Um, she's the only one who survived. And, like, her mom's on the phone talking about her. And she's dreaming as she's, like, walking down the street in this, like, white dress with flowers in her hair to go put flowers on, on Carrie's, like, burned-down house. Mm -hmm. um, and then as she's laying the flowers down, like a bloody hand comes up yeah. and tries to like drag her down. Gotcha. Like, yeah. Um, and then the movie ends with like Sue screaming hysterically. Yeah. And what from I love, her nightmare. Now that I'm an adult, I appreciate it a little more, but that scene, Sue's mom, the actress, the actress who's playing Sue's mom is mm -hmm. actually her mom in real life too, which was interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. Uh, but she's on the phone and she's saying, oh, she'll forget about it. We're mm -hmm. just going to go away for a while. It's like, that is some high-level trauma. Yeah. Like, but that's also, like, such a 70s way yeah. of, like, you know, a mom trying to, like, cover up or, like, push aside. Yeah. And it's kind of an interesting statement on parenting, too. Like, maybe that, you know, Carrie's mom and Sue's mom aren't really that different in that, like, Carrie's mom was trying to just erode everything with religion and then Sue's mom doesn't really have any regard for her daughter's feelings yeah. either. So I think we discussed all the major scenes. Are there any other moments that really jumped out at you? Well, okay, so Carrie dies. Mm -hmm. Which is surprising still, like, watching, you know, the movie. That, like, if you think of her as the hero, you don't expect her to die at the end. Mm -hmm. I feel like when we were younger, main characters didn't really die that yeah. often in movies. Um, so that is, is surprising, and like, you know, even if she's not killed by, like, her house crumbling down on her because, um, and is she doing that because she's, like, sorry for killing her mother? Or is that just, like, uncontrollable, like, emotions making the house crash down? Mm. Um, but yeah, so Carrie, Carrie's killed, and that really, like, for me, took it from being a horror movie to a very sad movie mm -hmm. about, like, a girl who doesn't fit in, and, like, you know, getting bullied, and somebody trying to help her out in a very, like, sort of condescending way, but, like, she finally gets her moment, you know, and... Then something horrible happens to her, and she goes home, and her mother tries to kill her. Mm -hmm. um, like, probably Carrie wouldn't have survived that injury anyway. That's true. Like, her mom stabs her in the back. Um, so, so then it becomes, like, a movie about this, like, girl with a sad life that you really want her to, like, have a better life, but that's, like, the end of her life then. And then at the end, when the hand comes up to grab Sue, then it's, it's like, back to a horror movie for a minute. Mm -hmm. That's the most, like, horror movie kind of thing that, that happens. Yeah. It's so conflicting because you're not sure 
how to feel about your main character and how they're making you feel. Yeah. So you were also talking, you had made like a conversation point about um, it's like school shootings or mm-hmm. school violence, Columbine, whatever. Um, but that wasn't wasn't the same kind of issue then. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know if kids were still like, I mean, if kids were doing that at that time. Like mm-hmm. if there was, you know, incidents of kids like blowing up their school. But I think at that time, people were more worried about mm-hmm. like, like cults and devil worshippers or oh, yeah. whatever, like the the catch, catch all like what is my teenager doing? Mm-hmm. You know, um, the drugs. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, might have been like more of an issue than when like in the early nineties, like school shootings became. And I think this works with like us feeling, us identifying with Car- with Carrie when she's like killing everyone at prom. Mm-hmm. Um, is a uh, you know the Boomtown Rats song, I Don't Like Mondays? Mm-hmm. That that is about a girl in, I think, New Zealand who, like, went to school and shot everyone. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. And when she was asked in the newspaper, like, why she had done this, she said, I don't like Mondays. Mm. Which is so great. Like, that's, like, <laughs> such a great, you know, such a great answer. Uh-huh. Um... You know, for like, oh, you have a case of the Mondays or whatever. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, but that's her. That's her response, and then that becomes like a pop song, and not just like a pop song, but one that like you and I know thirty years later. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I think maybe school violence was like viewed differently then, or maybe it was like so new that we didn't really know how to how to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I remember my high school had a bomb threat when I was in, uh, a freshman, and none of us took it seriously because we all knew the kid who did it was so incompetent that yeah. there was no way he could make a bomb. And, like, I feel like we, in my community anyway, we really trivialized it because it was mm-hmm. like, no one's really going to do that. Yeah. You know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and when I saw Carrie, it felt like, so far removed from reality that yes. you, you could cheer for her because it was like, that'll never happen. Right. You know? Like, that's a revenge fantasy. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, but now, the world we live in is very different. Prison cat, Prison's cat is on the table again. <laughs> rowing up against the recording equipment. Shatara has something very important to say about Just school to like, violence. you know, bring us to, uh, to what's going on in the room. <laughs> yes. Um... But yeah, was that before or after Columbine? Like when the kid called in the... It was like right before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it like wasn't something that people thought about. And now like, I don't know if it's happening so much because it got so much coverage that that became like a real thing that people could do. Mm-hmm. You know? Or that seems like a natural step in like the escalation of like, you know, like I hate everyone. Mm-hmm. I'll kill them all. You know, whereas before that was just something you, like, muttered yeah. under your breath. But you weren't really going to kill them all. Oh, yeah. I remember, like, being in eighth grade and drawing, like, picture, you know, art class. Yeah. <laughs> like, pictures of dead bodies and people being Your teacher just, and, just getting stabbed. Yeah. And, like, like, you know, I had no intention of ever, yeah. like, following through on any of that. But it was, like, your weird kid release, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, whereas now everyone 
everyone definitely pays attention mm-hmm. to like those drawings on teenagers' papers. Mm-hmm. Um, that you and I both looked like trench coat mafia. Oh yeah, or for whatever sure. The, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like I don't know what teachers were particularly afraid I was doing, but it wasn't that. Mm-hmm. Like no one, no one thought like, you know, this girl who wears all black or like shaves her head or does, you know, like seems to be fueled only by anger or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like no one thought, oh, she's, you know, I'm going to keep an eye on her because she might come in and shoot up the classroom. Yeah. And if anything, like there were so many instances where my parents defended me. Like, yeah, yeah, she looks weird, but she's smart. And That was my parents' thing. Is like, yeah. if you get A's, you can do whatever yeah. you want. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, still had, like, a curfew or whatever. But mm-hmm. I could go to a show on a school night. Mm-hmm. Like, if I was, yeah, taking APs or getting A's or whatever. That, like, you know, you don't sweat, you don't sweat the small stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, you dye your hair however you want. It grows back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like... Honestly, in high school and in college, I was closer to teachers and professors than, like, fellow students. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I would I would agree with that. Um, you were talking about, uh, as a discussion point, like, being being a punk rock kid mm-hmm. in high school and school. Me and Rebecca were pretty cool. We, we were super <laughs> punk rock. Like, so I was on the, I was on the newspaper staff, and... There was, like, a room off of where, if you were on the newspaper, you could go, like, take your lunch or your study breaks there. So, I think most of the fighting in my high school, um, because I went to, like, the one big public high school in my town, that most of the fighting went on, like, in the cafeteria mm-hmm. or, you like know, Lord of the for study hall yeah. or whatever. Um, so, I avoided a lot of, like, what might have happened, you know, um, that people didn't really try to start fights with me or whatever. Um, that I got made fun of a lot in the hall, but I thought that that was, like, hilarious. And I was in some ways, like, trying to provoke that, mm-hmm. you know? Or, like, it would be really fun to, like, run back to your friends and be like, oh, my God, somebody said, like, once someone said, you know, oh, did Smurfette puke on your head? Oh, uh, You know? Yeah. And I was like, that's so funny. I have to run and tell everyone. That it was more like my me being successful in trying to, like, alienate my classmates or mm. whatever. Um, and I think, like, a lot of that, like, I'll say that it, it did start because of puberty. Mm-hmm. That um, developing early, I felt like my body was very, like, up for public comment, you know? Yes, that, like you're always being watched and looked at. Yeah. And I... So I started wearing, like, the big black t-shirts and, like, you know, um, decided that, like, if guys wanted to like me, they should like me for, like, who I am as a person, which is, like, quite a bit to expect Mm -hmm. of, like, junior high school (laughs) guys. Um, I totally remember that, though. Like, I feel like I got into punk rock. I mean, I love the politics and the music and the vulgarity of, of it, but also, like, it was putting up a fence. Yeah. To keep people out. Definitely. And, like, with developing early, it's like you felt like you were always being judged and watched. And, like, so shaving your head and septum ring and fucked up clothes was a way to be like, I don't want you looking at me. Yeah. You know? 
Mm-hmm. Like, trying to not be traditionally beautiful. Yeah. Like, the first time you cut off your hair oh, as a so girl yeah. is like, <laughs> that is a statement. It's like some Legend of Billie Jean shit. Yeah. I, I uh, got grounded for a whole summer for, like, sneaking out late at night, like, riding my bike to, you know, the punk rock squat that mm-hmm. I, like, thought was so cool mm-hmm. that, like, now I'm like, mm, just, <laughs> you know, my parents probably... Or maybe right not wanting me to like hang out there with I don't know like fugitives. Or, yeah. Like twenty four year old. Yes, totally. <laughs> that it was a lot about that. Um, but I got grounded for the whole summer, and I went in my room and I cut off all my hair, and I left it on like the you know like in a shoebox on the doorstep of my of my parents' bedroom, oh, and that was my like shit. fuck you dad, and he was so upset that like that it is like a. Like an insult, or I mean, it upsets your dad mm-hmm. that you're like getting rid of your femininity, or like you know, that your dads want to think it's like, oh my my beautiful young daughter, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, versus it's almost like, a way of like claiming your own sexuality yeah, too. It very much was. I the um, the first time I cut off all my hair, I thought they would be like pumped about it, and so I cut it off to like an inch and dyed it white. And I came downstairs like, ta-da! Mm-hmm. And my mom went, oh. and my stepdad said, it's Christmas, we're going to take pictures. And I was like, you guys don't like it? <laughs> but man, taking that ponytail and hacking it off, yeah. oh, top five best moments of my life. Yeah, it was great. It yeah. was very empowering, but also just like, how fun that fuck you was. Oh, yeah. You know, because... <laughs> Yeah, I was very angry about things at that age. And a lot of it is, like, being governed by someone else. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, about your grades or about who you can hang out with or, like, you know, what time you have to go home or just that, like, I know that my parents were very hurt by, like, how you know, how many times I said, oh, I hate you, you mm-hmm. know, like, as a teenager or whatever, but I don't think that they, like, really were remembering, like, what it felt like to be, a te- you know, that it wasn't about them personally. It was about, like, the control mm-hmm. and just, like, wanting to be your own person, you know? But, yeah, uh, for, like, bullying, being being a punk rock kid, I didn't really experience it. Um, but also, like... Like, teen pregnancy was a huge thing mm-hmm. in my high school. Mm-hmm. And um, from, like, the way that dudes talked about me in, like, 7th or 8th grade, you know, where there was, like, like a competition to see who could touch my boobs first. Oh, God. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really, the like, it's the thing. kind of thing where you're, like, I just want to hide under a big black t-shirt, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like, that you didn't invite anyone to, like, look at your body or, you know. Um, Yeah, especially with the teen pregnancy, it felt like um, getting out of the war zone. Like, in in that way, like, you know, that most people cannot say, like, punk rock saved my life, but, like, in the way that, like, making myself ugly kept Mm -hmm. me out of a lot of, like, sexual pressure Mm -hmm. kind of situations um, where, like, you know, Girls that I went to grade school with, like, had babies in middle school, you know? Wow. And I didn't. 
and I do, I mean, for me, like the punk rock thing stopped as I, like really between high school and college, like going out to college thinking like, I identify with these people more than like the ones that I was angry at, like in my home hometown or whatever, like this is not going to be the popular kids. And mm-hmm. if it is, it's like the smart popular kids, but like these are other people who like, like or more like me. So I, I don't want to like automatically scare them off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was thinking about a lot too, because in my older years I identify or I look way more feminine mm-hmm. than I yeah. did. Uh, and that's like partially, you know, going into a professional career, like in labor organizing, you know, when you're working with people and you want them to trust you, uh, you know, like taking this big step and organizing against their boss and like working with them legally, like it's a lot harder to do with purple hair yeah. and like, you know, like why put up another barrier for people to overcome to have to trust you? So. Yeah. I started dressing and looking more feminine, and I have noticed men talk to me like I'm stupid way more now. Have you noticed that? I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm, like, definitely men talk to me differently. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like also, like, when I started doing stand-up, um, it was at a time where it was, like, particularly rough for women. I remember, like, like I don't want to get too much into this or whatever, but it was, mm-hmm. like, the... Um, when Daniel Tosh had, like, said the oh, rape thing yeah. and, like, so you know, every on... dude wanted to, like, see, see if they could get away with a rape joke. So, yeah. like, you know, my third open mic, I, like, walked down into, like, a hot basement where mm-hmm. it was, like, 60 dudes and, you know, three women, whatever. And I had on this, like, little sundress, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was up there, like, doing my set and the host was, like, kind of a dick introducing me, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, I can't wait to see what this, you know. Period. Smile. Yeah. Um, and uh, and when I was up there, I felt, like, so naked, you know, mm-hmm. or, like, so exposed or whatever. And from that moment on, I, like, wore jeans every time I went on stage for mm-hmm. my first, like, year and a half of comedy, but also, like, started gaining weight, mm-hmm. like, like, a lot as, you know, as that year went on, really. And I think that a lot of that was also, like, not wanting to be sexualized or, mm-hmm. like, not wanting to be blamed for the things that people were angry at women about, like, at that time, you know? Mm-hmm. Of just, like, how far can I take myself out of, you know, male comics, like, seeming like they're trying to help me but actually, like, just trying to sleep with me, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, yeah. That first year, everyone just swarms women. Yeah. It's gross. It's, it's really <laughs> awful. Um, I do remember once I was brought up on stage to, oh, too bad she's not wearing a skirt. Here's Kristen Ryan. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, I don't think hosts realize, or maybe they do, and they're awful people, but, like, what, how that knocks you, knocks the wind out of you. Yeah. And you get on stage, and then you have and so you many things in your head. Like, you're not coming up from a position of power. Exactly. Like, you're defending who you are as of that point. Yeah. Like, I have a vagina, but hang on. Hang on. Yeah, listen to what I have to say. And, like, I also definitely, like, when establishing myself as, like, uh, a newer comic, like, really felt like my first 30 seconds on stage were, like, 
letting the audience know that I wasn't going to talk about my period, mm-hmm. you know, of like, hey, you can trust me. I'm not, I'm not going to do that thing that like, you know, or like this isn't like immediately into like self-deprecating jokes about my body because yeah. I don't want to be another female comic telling self-deprecating jokes about my body and like, you know. Oh, for sure. You had 30 seconds to prove you were a cool girl. Yeah. Cool girls don't mm-hmm. have periods. Yeah, cool girls don't have periods, for sure. I was really excited for this podcast because I was like, I'm going to go talk about my period. Yeah. So any final thoughts on Carrie? Um, As a movie, I thought it totally held up. Mm -hmm. I forgot how much I, like, really liked it, you know? Yeah, it feels so fast, too. Yeah. So, yeah, it was interesting to watch. As an adult, and you know, see it through different characters' eyes. Um, like you're seeing it through hers most of the time, but like you, like it's not just about her and the people that are fucking with her. Mm-hmm. Like that, you just you have more like perspective from years, uh, where you're not watching it as like. An angry high school girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you kind of see a sense of community and like the uh, the way different relationships react with each other. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's you're right. As an as an adult, it's a lot easier to take it all in. But yeah, as an adult, it's also like a really sad movie mm-hmm. versus like a um, like cathartic kind of, you know, where, like, you can watch it as a 15-year-old and be like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, whereas an adult, you're like, oh, this is really sad. Mm-hmm. This is about a girl who, like, gets bullied till her mom tries to kill her. Mm-hmm. That's an excellent summation. Well, I want to thank you uh, for being on the podcast. It yeah, was really this fun. this was so much fun. It was really fun. Uh, do you have any projects or uh, shows coming up that you'd like to talk about? Well, um, Tuxedo Cat Comedy every second and last Sunday at the Intertown Pub. Well, thank you so much for coming to my home tonight to talk about uh, Carrie and be a guest on Bloody Mary. That's Rebecca Fass, and I'm Kristen Ryan. Have a good night. Why are you creeping up